cool. My dudes and my dudettes. We're back. Zach, dude, we got the Strawberry Girls here today, man. Like, What's up? I think this is going to be our second um, group of instrumentalists uh, from That's How You Have Your Genre Set, because we had Dave from Covet on uh, back in, you know, a couple months ago. Um, welcome, guys. I appreciate you coming on and taking the time to hang out and talk about what's going on during these times. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Dude, what, um, what's going on with the writing process? I mean, first of all, Tasmanian Glow was a pretty fucking slap, you know, to the wall album. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it, 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 I didn't really see many features on the album. Have you, because like, you know, from American Graffiti, I mean, and other albums that you have, which is, you know, the Fort, you guys don't really do as many features on the album. Was that just a decision that you guys made or what, what, you know, what was that about? I think usually for features, it's just kind of like if it happens, it happens. It, it's never really like planned out. We'll just kind of like send stuff to friends and stuff like that. So that's just kind of how it ended up. It wasn't really like a conscious decision, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, it's kind of just how stuff fell into place. I think we we definitely wanted a bunch of features on the album, but then stuff didn't really pan out and we kind of became rushed a little bit. So then we're just like, yeah, let's just. Do like mainly instrumental, uh, so yeah, that's just how it happened. Yeah, for sure. And w- even when you have people featuring on uh, the albums, like Kurt Travis or uh, Lancaster, like they're all your boys. You know what I mean? So I mean, yeah, that's like a cool clique of musicians that you're always able to work with to bring on to any album that or song that you honestly feel like would fit right. Is that how those decisions are made? It's just how they might fit and implement their vocals onto that song i think yeah kind of will like if we have a song where we think it could use vocals maybe it's a little more open or yeah we'll just kind of like send it to a friend and and see what they can do sometimes Mm -hmm. we'll send them a few songs and then they can pick whichever one they like that's like kind of what we did with andreas and send him a few songs a few demos and he picked uh party nights and did some stuff over that it's hmm. pretty cool. You you don't even so the way your writing process works, you really don't go into a song thinking like this needs vocals or it could be strictly instrumental. You kind of just like let it be open ended and let whoever's gonna put vocals on it, you let them decide. That's pretty neat. Yeah, kind of. I mean, there are there's like some songs like like with Party Nights. I think I kind of knew that it would be cooler with vocals because it was a little more open. Um, and there have been songs in the past where it's like, yeah, this is like not super busy like some of our other songs so we should sure. probably try and get a vocalist on it but uh yeah i don't think we ever necessarily go into it like trying to write something that we want a sure. vocalist on it's just kind of like trying to write something that'd be interesting without vocals but yeah it'd be yeah. cooler with vocals with that being said has this been like a because uh, we just found out talking a little bit before we start recording uh you guys are in two different states you're in oregon and california like has this been yeah. Like this downtime, has this been a godsend really for in terms of writing, or has it kind of been an impediment on terms of uh, what you guys were planning to do during this kind of hiatus time of everybody kind of being stuck inside? Has it been has it been valuable for you guys or no? I'd say, I'd say it's like bitter bittersweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were really? supposed to, we were supposed to tour at the beginning of the year, and it was going to be our headlining tour with Andreas Dwellings and the Marionette. So we were oh, super sucks. stoked for that tour. Yeah. And then we had to postpone it to September, and then recently we decided to push it to next spring. Um, so That's I mean, safe. it's like, yeah, it's cool having more time to just like record music, but at the same time, it's like I know we all really want to play shows again and be out on the road. 
Well, that's how. That's like our main source of income. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's understandable. I mean, we, you know, we're talking about it right now over social media. Uh, we were the first industry to close, and we'll be the last to open. Yeah. And even uh, a lot of the um, people who work in the industry behind closed doors, you know, the videographers, um, mm-hmm. the stage crew, um, uh, sound engineers. I mean, we're all being affected, but now we're starting to make aware that we, you know, we're, we're all into this together. So why don't we just take into consideration and try to be as safe so we can get back to the industry? And I actually just read an article today that New Jersey is going to try to implement a 25% um, uh, cap space for venues um and for shows so we'll we'll see how that works um <laughs> zach zach's done the drive-thru have you guys uh considered doing drive-thru shows i mean they have been doing pretty well i mean it's just basically like it depends on location and who's putting it together but mm-hmm. have you guys took that into consideration at all i feel like we're not big enough for something nah, like that. no such and thing it, man it would also just be weird playing to cars Dude, yeah, yeah that, that's like the biggest complaint I've heard across the board is like, uh, like a lot of people talk shit on me. They'd be like, "What are they gonna do? They're gonna come out like honk their horn and flash yeah. their high beams at me? Like it feels like you're being abducted by aliens? Like you know what I mean?" But uh, so I went to a show in Philly last night. It was for, uh, it was for the two guys from Shine Down. They do like an acoustic project where they do a lot of covers, and that's pretty cool. But it's like the only, uh, it's like the only form of live entertainment there's been. So me and my yeah. wife, we took the chance to go see it, and. Like, yeah, it's definitely different. It's definitely not going to be a sustainable thing. Um, the biggest takeaway from it is obviously it's not loud enough. And depending where you're at to <laughs> shove that many cars in such an isolated space, like you're just not going to get good audio quality. And yeah. there was another place I went to about two weeks ago to see stand up. And I was legit a quarter mile from the stage and it echoed all the way out to my car. So you couldn't even like follow the storyline. So. <laughs> Probably not the best idea, but if you're clamoring to get out there, I bet you there's people that'll definitely uh, hook you guys up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some difficulties to it, but I think you guys would. I think you guys would probably kill it. Like, dude, it's just strange, though. I 100% yeah. agree with that. It is. Um, yeah, I mean, it can't. It can't last forever, you know. All these like everyone in the entertainment industry like has to get back to work eventually. So hopefully, sometime next year, like we can start playing shows again. And, yeah. Yeah, and trying to find new ways. I mean, I, I've said this a couple times uh, before on past podcasts, but um, it's like, it, I mean, depending on the tier of your band, too, there's certain things you can and cannot do. Um, mm-hmm. But how often can you do it? So, for example, uh, just a correlation with everybody in here, like DGD, they did a live stream. And how yeah. many times can they do that a month? Like, yeah. they're not going to do it twice a month. I mean, like, yeah. it's just, it's a very strange um way of going about things but um that's this mm-hmm. is all we have right now and everything um zach do you still tour with them at, from time to time with dgd um no not tour i still collaborate with them yeah but, that's uh, pretty cool I, yeah i played a couple shows with them in like 2014 maybe i don't know 14 or yeah, 15 time ago then yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but that was cool it was just kind of a random, random yeah sergio thing. blew my mind he said that he kind of um he kind of filled into for Afterburner, and I was like, "Wait, what? Like, this is like a pretty big group of like friends that get together and just like, you know, put a guitar in each other's hands and just pass it around the studio." <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys got like cool and everything. Didn't you play a song with them on the ten-year tour? Um, yeah, I did play. Yeah, I played a couple songs with them. Um, we did the ten-year anniversary tour with Strawberry Girls and A Lot Like Birds um, and Dance Gavin Dance, and that was fun. Getting mm-hmm. to yeah play some old stuff every night. So that was back in 2015. 
Yeah, it's such a small world too. I mean, because like even Ben with like Eternity Forever, like it's cool that you had Kurt Travis as a vocalist on and everything. And the fact is, like, it seems like there's this cool group of people like in this like swan group this swan core whatever you want to call it and everybody kind of knows everybody and they just you know write you know really good creative music like how, how does how do you guys how did you how does everybody know everybody like i'm sure it must have been just from playing local shows coming up from california and everything right like um i mean originally just from the internet and then after that just like touring with each other yeah. basically yeah and just collaborating on everything yeah it's just so yeah. cool dude it's like it's, it's it's hard to actually come across something like that where everybody's cool with everybody like you know for example like uh strawberry girls hail the sun dgd uh and then you got attorney forever um royal coda um and then you got even like the instrumentation bands like polyphia and shine stuff which you guys mm-hmm. have toured with too um yeah. do you guys prefer tours over like um whether it's headlining or whether you're a supporting act over festivals, because I know you guys were on Swan Fest. Um, is there like any kind of way you would go about making a decision depending on what your opportunity is? I think we just kind of take what we get. Um, that was the only real big festival thing we've done. So mostly we just do just like tours and well, like headline. Yeah, we've, we usually, yeah. we've been a part of a few festivals like that we played like while on tour like it just happened to be like a festival date like the, oh, sure. um that one in, oh the the one in houston Boise. oh yeah 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 um tree fort tree fort fest yeah oh, okay. sort of like yeah. uh then, oh, boise we, south by southwest yeah so then there was the houston one south by south by or whatever it's called south by south so what by, yeah south, south by, by so what uh, and then there is another south by southwest too yeah yeah. yeah. And then, oh, we played the Santa Cruz Music Festival one time. It'd be sick to play like Coachella or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that'd be well deserved. I mean, that that makes a lot of sense too for having Strawberry Girls play Coachella. That's like a good vibe to actually be in for sure. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I think, that, I think that's a great fitting. Yeah. yeah. That must be a hell of an experience. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, kind of like switch gears a little bit. Uh, so, uh, the way I found you guys is on it from through the audio tree session uh nice. there's there's a lot of people that have been on there what was that experience like was that kind of were you like a big followers of the audio tree sessions or did you kind of just like fall into it and then discover it afterwards i think we we definitely were aware of uh, audio tree and had like watched it over the years um just various bands that we liked so it was it was definitely an honor when they i was gonna say was it, how what was like the experience like when you first got invited to come on was that pretty pretty awesome yeah we, we were stoked I didn't really expect it to happen, so it was kind of like, oh, shit. Oh, I think we all all knew about Audio Tree, and then I think we just randomly got an email one day, and they asked us to play. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Because we were going to be on tour and playing in Chicago, and so they asked us if we could just stop by before the show and and do a session. So, yeah, it was, like, super cool (laughs) that they just asked us to do it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And you went right into it with Spanish, but, like, it it ended up being cool. Because like you're, you are playing live, so if you mess yeah. up, you're <laughs> a little but, bit uh, of pressure, yeah. Yeah, especially like kind of felt like we'd be playing to no one, but there were we were basically putting on a show for the videographers. So that's pretty <laughs> we, and there was like a bunch yeah. of people in the control room too, and like they were all stoked on us after each yeah. song and stuff. So yeah, it was fun. Yeah, maybe less thing, less nervous. I feel like the only thing that you'd be worried about is just making sure that the audio quality sounds really good, like going over the airwaves, just because it's yeah, so yeah. controllable for you guys. Like you have no idea what yeah. it's going to sound like, but no, it, it sounds great. That I definitely discover you guys that way. I think it's it's cool. It's it's sweet, man. 
there are some guests yeah. that came on too that uh like they, they had a great time doing it but uh seeing the audio tree session it was cool to see the host kind of like really vibe with you guys while playing mm -hmm. and stuff too and the questions like were just they were just you know sincere and everybody was having a good time but the best was like when you guys opened up with spanish bay and it's just like hit right at the fucking beginning i'm like okay <laughs> this is fucking banging like because you guys yeah. do hit hard a little bit with some of your mm -hmm. writings like headbangers yeah a little bit do you guys uh take the vibes with the midi pad too that's pretty sick <laughs> oh, thanks. yeah yeah you guys do there, there's a lot of songs that you kind of really um you you choose the way you go about writing your songs where it says like if it wants to be a headbanger or you kind of take it back for a hot second slow it down and yeah. make it like a more of a good flow um i'm sure you've been asked this questions all the time but do you where do you usually get your inspiration from when trying to really mold your songs together um depending on how it started out started out in the beginning i think just like everything we listen to we we all listen to like lots of different kinds of music so we just sort of like throw all that into a blender and see what comes out and sometimes mm -hmm. you want to do something that's like poppy sometimes you want to do something heavy something weird experimental you know so we we just like kind of getting out all our different creative stuff what are your biggest influences um i don't know because i'm always listening to like a bunch of stuff but i guess just like um kind of grew up listening to like at the drive-in mars volta mm. um refused a bunch of post-hardcore like thrice yeah, Circus Survive. Yeah. Circus um, Survive, God bless them. Just like all, <laughs> you know, all that stuff when we were in like high school and junior high. Yep. But uh, that mixed in with all the random new stuff that I listened to. But that's kind of, I guess, what I like came up on and would learn on guitar. Uh, how about you, Ben? What's uh, what's your influences? Um, let's see. Like, I got super into like the Fall of Troy in high school. Um, I was also into like hardcore like heavy music uh, at that time too norma jean under oath uh tara Mellos was a like huge discovery for me because i was just like purely instrumental and it was like i don't know i was just fascinated with them for a long time yeah. um so yeah they definitely influenced my style i'd say like paul troy tara Mellos, and um, a band called facing new york definitely influenced me a lot <clears throat> And you guys got to play with Fall Troy too on like a one-off show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah, we did, that, was, that was like a dream come true, honestly. Last wow. last December, we did like a short uh, West Coast run with them, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, they were super nice, really cool people. So it was yeah, it was nice that like we got to do that, and then they were also cool on top of it. Rather than I don't know, sometimes you tour with bands and you like you could spend weeks with them and like not really mm -hmm. know them, but like the first couple days, I think we did four dates with them, and like. They were just like super homies, really cool, super nice. So it was, it was really nice that they were cool. We're people. hoping to do like more stuff with them in the future. Mm. Oh wow, that's really exciting. Maybe some yeah. features, maybe, maybe. Some. Actually, yeah, like Thomas, let's go. Thomas and <laughs> Troy actually texted me like a week or two ago, uh, saying that he really wanted to like sing on one of our new songs. So hopefully that will happen on the new hey. record. God, let's 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 make that a tour real quick. Let's do Protest the Hero, <laughs> Fall of Troy, Strawberry Girls, and then whoever else has banging ass music. I mean, Covington <laughs> actually would fit well for that tour too, or Anthony Green. I feel like well, Zach and I talked about this too. I mean, I think 
it would be a good idea for um, musicians and bands in general to kind of come out with these huge tour packages once we're allowed to go back into the touring world. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? I mean, because I, I personally think this should just be like, you you include the top tiers and then you include like good middle and maybe an entry level tier, depending on like, not if they're in the local scene, but I mean like you guys are mid tier too. So it's like mm-hmm. you would fit well on the bill in a sense, but do you think that would help? I think, I feel like it would be. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's already kind of what it's like. You, yeah, you take like a smaller band as the opener to kind of like bring them out on the road and get them a little bit of recognition and then you just kind of stack it after that progressively getting bigger. Yeah, but, true. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I think the biggest tour package, I, I saw Animals as leaders and I think there was like five bands on our tour package. One That was like a long, uh, probably seven or eight years ago. Um, maybe longer, but uh, yeah. I mean, I think three to four bands on a tour is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm thinking like if, especially if you can get certain bands like um, I don't know, like someone that has a huge, a huge fan base, like the surrounding them in general, like Cody and Cambria. Like if Cody and Cambria got mm-hmm. like a bunch of bands that were on the same level as them, or also lower tier, like I think it would be able to open up kind of more of a cap space for yeah. certain venues. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, it's just there's got to be some solution to when we can go back and resume this industry because yeah. I don't know, man. Like you guys got to get back on the road. You guys have probably been itching yeah. for a minute too. Oh yeah. Do you think they're gonna do Swan Fest again? Have you talked about any doing any festivals related to those dudes or anything? Um, I feel like no one really knows what's going on at this point. So <laughs> yeah. Did they reschedule Swan Fest for next year? Yeah, but who knows if you're going to be able to do festivals. That's like, still good that they're at least making the effort to like secure a date for next year and like give people hope, you know? Yeah. Instead of just being <laughs> like, yeah, we don't know when it's going to come back. Uh, the world's yeah, final part. I mean, like, <laughs> that's, that's the truth of it, though. So, yeah, F- Philly, mean, like, uh, for us, because that's, I mean, that's a city we, we congregate to. Uh, I mean, I think like maybe a month ago, George, they like immediately were like, yeah, February, any advertised gathering of over 500 people, like, is not going to happen until February. Yeah, it's just it's kind of like alarming at that time, but at the same time, it's also like, all right, now I can expect to not have that for all this time instead of just like be yeah. up in the air about. So yeah. I kind of appreciate it at the same time, but it's it's just crazy. It's, yeah, I, I can't believe we're still doing this. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's been like six six or seven months. What were you guys doing right before this happened? What like what we're was like your, what? getting ready to tour? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like right up to that point was when the tour was supposed to about about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Every day. About to leave for tour like in two days or something. Oh wow! We were, like, it was that close? We were like trying to figure out. We we're like, wait, like, are we going or is this gonna be like <laughs> that shut down? sucks. And yeah. I think it was like a day before we finally made the decision. We're like, yeah, like we gotta postpone it or something. It was kind of. I like, didn't realize it was that close. That's wow. Yeah. That's a different ball game, man. <laughs> yeah. You guys are also putting out really good content now as well. Um, you've been doing uh on one and off songs uh between you two uh mm-hmm. with recently f- uh that was recently filmed um do we can we expect some more of these like bangers to come out between the two of you like you know what Possibly. i mean yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that was kind of it was just like uh a, a strawberry girls demo that we just chose to turn into like a collab between us because we just wanted to like release something so. yeah yeah seriously um Cause we we uh, cause you got the 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 Tasmanian Glow that was released in 2019. So I'm sure, you know, that was 
um, something that you guys have been you you've been feeding your ideas off of for so long, but now it's probably the perfect time just to release some more some more like singles. We actually all met up like what a month ago now or something. Okay, and, a couple uh, months, yeah. And we recorded a new album. So it needs uh, mixing and some other layers and stuff, but we're planning on dropping an album um, this year. Oh wow! Uh, Do you know? I think that's kind of our general goal now is to like drop at least one record a year. But um, I think we're probably gonna we're probably gonna release all the songs or most of them as singles um, Hmm. over like the next few months. So yeah. No, that's pretty cool. Do you, are you guys going to go back to the, the same producer you have been going to? Do you who was your producer for uh, Tasmanian? Because I'm not ben. aware. That was bad. <laughs> ben, are you gonna you gonna produce it again, Ben? <laughs> yeah, we, we we do everything ourselves. So yeah, yeah. Back, Like we'll do all the pre-production. Um, so for like Tasmanian Glow in this new album, uh, Zach just made like like 50 demos and then we picked like our favorite one like our favorite 10 songs and then we um pretty much like re-recorded everything there was some stuff we probably kept um from the demos but we would, like you know add drums re-record guitar and do bass and keys and stuff um so yeah so zach you're you're really the guy that kind of like gets the the foundational idea before it gets sent out is that usually how every one of the songs works out or is it um just recently because um since ben moved like we used to we lived like pretty close to each other for years so we would just like jam and write stuff we had a a studio in carmel um which is like i don't know 20 minutes from me so we would yeah just jam and record there um just kind of like bounce ideas off each other but uh when he moved i wanted to like be prepared since we couldn't really jam, so I just started like writing as much as I possibly could. So we had stuff to pick from, and uh, yeah. yeah, so we just had like a bunch of different songs. There was it uh, was it kind of like a, a long adjustment period, or was it pretty quick to get kind of get in the swing of things on how to approach it? Um, I've been recording music for a while, just like various stuff. So I just kind of would just like make myself sit down and try to get some ideas out. Yeah, because like the only thing I'd I'd get, I'd get worried about from a songwriter perspective is like, again, we were talking earlier about it, is like you you catch that vibe when you're just jamming and yeah, like definitely. that that's kind of, that, and that's kind of missing. So that's like the yeah. only thing you lose some of that magic. But it's I mean it sounds like it's working for you guys, so that's yeah, good. <laughs> it, it can definitely be hard to like start a song from scratch. I kind of I don't know. I like when I have at least some idea of where I want to be going with it. it. It's hard to just kind of like sit down and I don't know. I just sure. like noodle around until I get like an intro. But uh, I definitely, yeah, I like writing the live drums. I hate having to like program drums and yeah, all that stuff. It's not as, yeah, not as cool and like crazy sounding. So the writing process is you three. There's no other uh, third party candidate to come in with any of the structure work or <laughs> no. anything. No, that's cool. Not a lot of people could do the DIY yeah. stuff, dude. If you can do it, you can do it. Obviously, you guys are doing it. So yeah, keep continuing your your structure. But I, I had a conversation with. Um, a friend of mine who is recording bands and stuff and he's also in a, in a band in general but it's like if if you are having complications with structuring songs like or you're having like some kind of i don't know like defect within your music like there's nothing wrong with reaching out to somebody for help but like, you don't mm-hmm. have to be all diy yeah. it's very rare to see a lot of diy um uh like bands or musicians or artists that go out there and do it all themselves i mean like for example uh like covet went to the studio and recorded uh, Technicolor, so it's not a bad thing, you know. It's just mm-hmm. something that they want to take in their own consideration. Whereas you guys, you don't yeah. have to worry about that. 
it's right behind it's right behind ben that's where you record that's where you, you know, that's where you rehearse and everything that's that's kind of yeah. cool dude you have a plethora of guitars behind you like is there a specific brand that you're like jamming with like that's fucking sick i just i have a bunch of different random guitars uh, <laughs> i have two charvels oh okay a prs uh there you go, Zach. yeah big prs uh, guy a hamer which got bought out by fender yeah and, and then i have um like a custom made guitar it's not really like a brand what's that bass on the far right you got it kind of looks like it's like uh the warwick thumb bass it looks like almost yeah that's a uh, it's a custom made bass um by this guy his last name is adler that's all i know about it i got it from a pawn shop but it's pretty sick oh good enough for me man that's sick <laughs> <laughs> you guys I know you guys Oh, go ahead, Zach. My bad. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, just based off of like searching around, like kind of getting a history. Hi, hi. Who was ever in the background back there? <laughs> uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, With, um, hi. Uh, what's it? What was the question I was gonna ask? Oh, so the pink guitar on the wall. I noticed that. Uh, so you're a drummer and a guitar player as well. Where do you find like, what one? What was your first instrument? Like, what do you gravitate towards the most? So guitar was my first like real instrument. I mean, I, I took piano lessons when I was a little kid. For my mom, um, but it, I, I hated it. <laughs> and I, I remember having like a little kid's drum set when I was a kid, but it was just like I don't know. I wasn't like actually trying to like be a drummer or anything. It was just like you just hit it and mess around on it. Um, yeah. So yeah, guitar was my first instrument, and that was when I was like ten. And I, I really started getting into that because I was like, oh, I can just like do whatever I want, make up my own chords and songs and everything. Um, and then I started recording when I was like 13, 14 on a little digital 8-track recorder. And then that's when I eventually got a drum set for Christmas one year. And, um, you know, I was recording like all my guitar songs, so I needed a drum track. So I just started trying to add drums to it. So just by accident, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> <laughs> just out of like, oh, I need like I need to add drums on this. So I'm going to try yeah. to like play drums on it. So, nice. Yeah, I mean, I sucked at first, but eventually got better. Gotcha. I don't want to dissect your whole drum set, but uh, what are you playing right now? It looks like you have Sabian cymbals. I heard my kit. Yeah, I have. Yeah, uh, the AAX. Yeah, I have the Sabian Omni cymbal. I don't yeah. know. You can see that right there. Yeah, and it's then pretty dark. It's a 22 inch, and then I have another Sabian Frequency Crash 18 inch. And then I have my stack, which is like five different cymbals on there. And then I have uh, some Minel Byzance. Over there. I have to get myself some couple minors. Yeah, I, I usually go with Zildjian or Sabian. I try to like swap in between either or, um, because I, I love that accent. Like, of, like you know what I mean. Like if you have like a 16 inch crash that is like sounds like a splash, or then then I go to my 18 inch crash that kind of sounds like a little bit darker, like a little money. But like yeah. if you hit them at the same time, they kind of have that. Uh, like they they kind of just like mesh well together when you're trying to accent one yeah. another. Um, did you yeah. ever think about getting custom a custom kit at all, or are you happy with what you have? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty happy with what I have. Um, I've thought about getting, because I've had this, this is like the, well, just the, the kick drum and the floor tom I've had since, you know, I was like 14 when I got my drum set, but it was painted red and I ended up sanding all the paint off and I put my own finish on it. Um, and like I have, I use two snares live now and they're Gretsch. Um, but yeah, yeah, if I need a new like drum kit, I really just need a kick drum and a floor tom, so... Eventually, yeah. I'll probably do that, but 
I mean, for a custom one, just for a kick on the floor tunnel, it'll probably be like a couple grand or something. So it's kind of expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Or I mean, I mean, if you get that endorsement through that company, I guess <laughs> like you'll get that hype, you'll get that hype, that discount. But uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that out of consideration. I don't know because I, I play a truth kit. They gave me somewhat of a discount. It was great, yeah. dude. They built it from scratch. Um, but I'll never get rid of that thing, dude. Like, yeah. I always stuck with Yamaha. That was like my always go-to with drums. I mean, they just had like a really pure sound that you can kind of just take advantage of when you're going taking the kit into the studio or anything um and and i every time i went to a studio with that kid people would be pretty psyched or they would hopefully i would have a dw i was like no i don't have a dw like it's all right like <laughs> yeah mine's a uh, pdp by dw yeah th those those kits last forever too so i mean i uh yeah. i don't think i'm gonna be getting a kid anytime soon uh i'm taking a beating is it really? I mean, since you were fourteen, yeah. I mean, are you? You look like a hard hair too, dude. Dude, when I was watching the audio tree, uh, this was like a couple of years ago, but um, when I was going through some of the videos, because I've known you guys for a while, but that audio tree video, I mean, did you have like, do you have a beef with your snare, dude? You beat the shit out of that thing. It's kind of incredible. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think just like when I play, it's just like an emotional release. Uh, so I just like try to hit it as hard as I can. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. I'm the same way, dude. Like I was just like, damn, he's really going hard. Like, and that was that was a great session though. Um, Audio Tree puts out a lot of great content, and it was cool to see, you know, to have them reach out to you guys to do that. But I just I just thoroughly enjoyed. It. I think it was like a half hour performance too. It was like, it was a pretty solid set. Like we said earlier, we just recorded a new album, so we're excited for that. A little... Do you have any estimated release date on that? Um, not really. Just whenever it, like it's mixed and mastered and all that stuff. So yeah. I don't know, hopefully a few months or something. Usually from cradle to grave, like what is there like a specific timetable you try and hit usually when you are doing that? Um, it just depends. Like a lot of times I feel like the past few albums, we've been a little rushed just because we, we would have like a tour lined up and we would want to try to get it done or out by it. A certain tour kind of yeah. a thing. So we could drop it on a tour. So we've kind of dealt with that. This time we don't really have anything like that. So it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. That's kind of funny. Like our next, like if we do the tour next spring, we'll <laughs> be touring on like two new albums. <laughs> yeah. So for, for the venues, what venues are you guys going to be hitting up, and what uh what area, uh, what states? Um, wherever wherever they still do music at that point. <laughs> where, where were you guys? Where were you guys supposed to go before? Um, I mean basically all over um full yeah. u.s tour so pretty much you... our normal route like we usually start in like la sometimes we you know first uh start heading like east through like arizona texas all the way to the east coast down to florida and like up to like new york and stuff um or sometimes we like you know start in la and then go up to california through california first and then to mm. like oregon and washington and then like, our favorite Utah. spot is there like a favorite spot you like to come through? I think we have a lot of a lot of spots we like. Like Texas is really good. Florida is really good. New York's yeah. been, been fun. Um, yeah, I like Texas I is like, always like uh, really cool. Yeah, Texas is awesome. Nash, I'd say Nashville, New York is always like awesome. Mm -hmm. um, where else? Did you ever consider the yeah. Eastern Hemisphere of the world, like going to Europe or anything? along that lines was that ever yeah, an it's option just, it's just hard and expensive it is so, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah especially now like i mean you can pretty oh, much sure. not make any money so mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah and having like not made money touring for 
over a year, it's yeah. I don't know when we would be able to do something like that. We were that. talking about doing like a Japan tour with the Fall of Troy, but I don't know when that's gonna happen. Hopefully, oh, in the next sick. you know few years or something. <laughs> but uh, we finally got a European agent. Like was that last year or two years ago? Uh, so he's been he's been trying to get us to go over there. Uh, we're just kind of waiting for the right time to do it. Yeah, now with everything going on, I mean, it's not really a... I mean, nobody's playing shows or anything, but I, I do feel bad for a lot of the hardcore fans that are, you know, in Europe or something, and they always want bands like you guys or bands like, I don't know, um, like Neck Deep or Knuckle Puck, just, you know, that whole pop-punk, metalcore, whatever, post-hardcore genre to go out there, but it's expensive, dude. Like, even yeah. when August yeah. Burns Red went out there... um, they had, like, a documentary on it. I know it wasn't Japan. I know it was, like, Germany and such, but it mm. was a brutal schedule. Like, they didn't... They got a little bit of lack of sleep. Uh, they didn't yeah. get paid as much as they would in the U.S., but they still had, like, a good time. So, I mean, it's just hard, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just I really remember, hard. I um, remember Yvette Young from Covet said, like, they went on tour... I forget where... It was somewhere in Europe with Polyphia, and, the, like, even they didn't make any money. Like, I think they might have <laughs> lost money, but... Yeah, it's just really? fly out there and like rent uh, rent a van and gear, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. let's yeah. God, take my step my stepfather played in a power metal band and he went on tour nice. back in 2008 in uh, Germany and they were like they were like they're kind of like my Iron Maiden sound but think of like like 20 octaves higher. <laughs> so like it is what it is. But they went over there and that was his first year European tour experience and that was like back in 2008. But like. Like they were trying to get a following back together, and they went over, uh, lost money, and then the airline that they were booked to fly back on actually went on strike, and they had like they had no money, so they were like they were prepared to like sleep in the freaking airport until the workers decided to go back to work so they could fly back, and it was just insane. My my mom was like she was like so upset. She's like, oh no, when he's gonna get back? And it's just like it was crazy. But he got to play with, uh, he actually got to play with Exodus out there. He got to play with. a bunch of like big '90s bands, big '90s '80s power metal bands, but he said like that experience is great because yeah, he got picked up last minute, and he said that the coolest thing was he got to sign his name next to Bruce Dickinson on like some dudes like, like uh, like denim jacket with all these decals, and he's like, bro, I don't deserve to be next to your name at all, but <laughs> but, but like like you guys said, man, it's super expensive to go over there. Like they were they were like they were roughing it hardcore big time. Yeah, and a lot of times you only do like a two week tour, so. Yeah, yes. it's just, yeah, money-wise, it's, and especially, like, having not gone out there, it's hard to know, like, what you can draw and what you're worth and stuff, so. It would be, like, scary to get stuck in a different country, like, oh that God, band, yeah. uh, This Town Needs Guns, or TTNG, they, like, they got arrested in, like, China or something, I don't know, I forget. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, they were, like, held for, like, a while, like, it might have been a week or two weeks or something, they were, like, in jail or something, like, yeah, it was that would suck. <laughs> that's a, that's a Dude, I mean, just just don't tour to like um, North Korea or anything. Just do us all a favor. <laughs> like, let's just stay away from Kim Jong Un and his fucking way of living. Um, no, that's crazy because like I, I, I like and even Australian bands they they mostly thrive in the U.S. Um, I think that's yeah. why they I think that's why they come here all the time for touring and everything. So it's just it's just the polar opposite for us as Americans to go out. And to like, I mean, take a risk. Yeah, it is a risk for sure. But you have to make sure that like every you're all you're all your ducks are in line, and just make sure that yeah. everybody's able to eat from the whole entire process. 
Um, it'll, it'll probably I, be easier like if we wait a few years until like we're a little bit bigger and then hopefully some better opportunities come our way and like mm-hmm. hopefully everything's paid for and yeah. Are <laughs> you starting to get are you starting to get like a good base like over in Europe though with like getting in contact with the uh where you say you, you guys got a European agent now? Yeah, we did um Atonal Music Group, I think is the agency and uh yep. Yeah, I mean, he's just like a booking agent dude who uh, really wanted to have us on his roster. That's cool. But um, yeah, we're just waiting for the right opportunity. I want to try to have the new album out by the end of this year. Okay. Yeah, before 2021. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's the goal. That's the goal. Um, any features on this album that you might have? A um, right now, to? there's just one currently. Cool. Yeah, yeah. we got Andreas on a track. I want to try to get Thomas Eric from the Fall of Troy on the track. Um, yeah, who knows? There might be a couple other people. It would be cool to have like Nick Newsham on the song or something. Um, who else? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see yeah, so that's pretty Lots cool. Surprises with coming with li- with coming out with live um, shows in general, like with playing live shows. Zach, does it? I mean, I'm sure your pedal board is pretty full as it is. So, like, is there any way that, um, like, how often do you usually you know, go through different types of pedals. Like, is it just like a rotation that you do? Like when you experiment with them? Like, um, I actually don't like using too many pedals just cause it gets annoying on stage. Mm-hmm. I like to like be energetic and I don't want to be rock like, out. yeah, I like to rock out and not be like, I respect the hell out of that. So you're starting, you're starting to cut the, down, you're yeah. starting to cut down. Yeah. yeah. Cause when you're having to like run back and forth to the pedal board constantly, yeah, it kind of, you're just stuck there. So mm-hmm. um, but for recording, we def- you definitely experiment yeah. with a lot of pedals. Yeah, we did. Is that, yeah, is, is that t- is the telly like your go-to though in terms of songwriting and playing live? Pretty much like the only electric guitar I really have. Yeah, I was gonna say because I can't really find much where you don't play a telly. Like, cause you know it's always the telly versus Strat and Les Paul. Mm-hmm. So, do you like do you just gravitate towards it because of the sound and like how kind of malleable a telly's tone is, or is it just like that's just what you kind of used? <laughs> it's just yeah, um, yeah, it's just what I've, I've had for like half my life so so you're just not a gear snob i, I could say it <laughs> yeah not really I, mean, you, I, I like it i think in san jose at what was that place called there was some weird guitar shop um so i'd always go to guitar center and then this other i forget what it's called but they had a bunch of different like cool guitars um and like consignment and stuff so Nice. Yeah, I forget what it's called, but somewhere in San Jose, probably when I was like 14 or 15. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's where, but I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys uh, been collaborating with other musicians uh, to start maybe seeing other features in this in the future or collaboration songs in the future? Because I know you guys just released one today. Uh, what was that, by the way? I saw it real quick for a second, um, I think. Oh, I dropped a solo oh, a collaboration today is that what you're talking about yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, i saw that too yeah that's with my uh it's just a solo song that i wrote and i had my friend sheridan sing on it and uh he was recently on that show the bachelor (laughs) oh shit Uh, i heard they don't get paid at all yeah i don't i don't think they did but he got a lot of exposure he got like one hundred and twenty thousand instagram followers so that's pretty sick (laughs) that's amazing that that show still carries that much weight all these years later it's insane like why he he was on like they have a new edition of it it's called listen to your heart and it's like it's just all for like musicians and then they like couple up and like 
fall in love and like write songs together and stuff. Oh, please, <laughs> dude. No way. Man, how sappy yeah. can we really get? Like, I cry at weddings, <laughs> but like, that shit does not make me like feel anything. Um, it was pretty sick, honestly. I watched it. And it's really? It. <laughs> really? That's yeah. cool. I'll have to take it. I'll, t- I'll take it into consideration. Dude, like, I don't, I can't stand shows like The Voice or American Idol. Um, but I think the exposure for the musician itself is great for sure. Yeah, um, for my sure. boy was on for season five. And um, they didn't really give him the fair share of uh, what happened, but uh, they don't like they don't really teach the music business at all. I mean, they're not supposed to. That's not their job. But you're you're you get exposed like to a huge platform, and then you kind of once you come off the show, you have like a very small window to make sure you capitalize on what you gained. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't, exactly. it kind of struggles a little bit. But yeah, I mean, like national television is a powerful tool. Like we yeah. were on. Uh, the car, uh, last call with Carson Daly, like four or five years ago or something. Oh, really? Yeah, fuck out of here. And that was. Uh, so, did you guys play live? Yeah, so it was like it was just a live show that we played. It was actually with uh, TTNG and uh, the Appleseed cast and Caspian yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, and it was down in LA, and you know we thought we were gonna get to meet uh, Carson Daly, but he you <laughs> didn't. They just yeah. send out like a huge like film crew, and then they just film the whole show, capture it, and and then air it on TV. And then Carson does like the intro, or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> but that was pretty no, cool, yeah. like being like fun. an instrumental math rock band, like on math yeah, that's television. pretty. <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. Like you, I yeah. can't remember any time ever seeing like that kind of uh, that genre online. Like, I think TV you can before. still find it on. Uh, online somewhere like, t- yeah i'll go look that up real quick if you google it you can probably I, find it that's like when uh adam gray from texas and july was on i think conan and they nice. got him because of his like he would flip sticks all the time while he'd play and that was his cool thing but then he yeah. broke out into like a metal song like also the, they they always te- like the mainstream always teases that metal and like like yeah. underground <laughs> yeah. music like us because it's just like it's a very specific demographic which is fine doesn't matter like yeah. we're just we thoroughly enjoy it. How'd you guys um, get that opportunity with uh, going on the Daily Show? Did they reach out to you for that? Um, no, I think our one of the dudes who worked at our label. Um, Eric. Yeah, I think he reached out to them, and they're uh, the guy who books the the bands for the show. He came out to a show and he dug it, so <laughs> yeah, they got us on. So it was, it was yeah, cool. I think they just like they were sending. Um, like the TV or yeah, those guys at the TV show, like all our CDs and vinyl and stuff like that, just to try to get them like, hey, check out this band. So, yeah, eventually, <laughs> yeah. eventually we got it. That's yeah, that was a cool crazy. opportunity. Yeah. yeah, you guys keep continuing to release great tasting music, and honestly, like I'm glad that you're able to still capitalize on the writing process during these times. Um, but like you said, it has been a little bit easier, uh, somewhat of just coming up with a whole collective song and then working through there. It's it's very drawn out right now to how we're going to open up our industry again. <laughs> yeah. um, however, you know, you guys are still per, you know, you guys are still pushing forward and I and I really appreciate that. Um, but um, I, I I also really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Um, yeah. is there anything that we should look out forward to besides the album that you might release before 2021? Is there any other <laughs> secrets that you guys want to kind of give us your way of some sort? Should we drop the album title? <laughs> nah, well, nah the label might not like case. that. 
Secret, secret, secret. Oh, no. I mean, our new, our new album will, will be our first independent release in a long time. So. Oh, congratulations on that. Um, yeah, so we're pretty stoked about that. Yeah, stoked to see how it does and move forward from there. Absolutely. No, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. So I appreciate you guys taking the time, and we'll, uh, we'll yeah. definitely touch base soon. And uh, again, cool. dude, thank you for coming on. Really yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much.